Hi everyone, my name is David Gillespie and you are listening to High Shelf Gaming Podcast. This is a weekly podcast about role-playing games and board games and gaming conventions. Every week I'm joined by my co-host Rich Wisniewski and we bring on guests to talk about the games that they love, the conventions they're playing them at, all that good stuff. If this is up your alley, please feel free to download, listen, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And you can always find us on Twitter at High Shelf Gaming or join us on our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. It's a closed group. Click to join though and we're friendly to everybody and uh, you'll get to hang out and talk games with us all you like. Hey everyone, this is David again with High Shelf Gaming. As always, I am joined by the resplendent Rich Wisniewski. Man, I am definitely buying you one of those calendars next year that every day is a new word and definition because you are just amazing me. I'm doing great. I'm dapping it out, having a great time. It's a great podcast today because I have two of my favorite people here too. So uh, you know one of them yeah. and the other one you don't know. And yeah. I'm just really stoked they're here. Um, I'll kick it off with Mark. So we'll go to the senior. Why don't you give us a little intro about yourself before we talk to Matthew? All right. My name is Mark. Um, I've been playing games for a long time, video games, board games. Um, I play a lot of tanks on my iPad at the moment. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. That's my world uh, of tanks, buddy. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's my he's my mentor. But I enjoy uh, enjoy uh, lots of different board games. You know, grew up playing Risk, Stratego, all that type of stuff. Oh yeah, the classics. Those are the classics, man. And uh, Matthew, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Matthew. So I've been playing video games for forever. Really, uh, love to play both video games and board games. Play my PC with my friends all the time. We should probably mention. Matt, you are Mark's a son. Yeah. You're his son. All right, good. Uh, Matt, tell us what are we talking about today? So we're talking about Alcon, board gaming convention that we went to down in Houston at Rice University. And you guys go every year, or what's the what's the deal there? So we first went last year because we heard about it from Rich, and then kind of want to go every year now. I'm like we a truck added, dealer. We brought, Finn, we brought one of his friends, so we added one to the group this year. Yeah. Rich dropped one, we added one. I'm like a drug dealer of board games. And conventions. You're like, hey, you, Rich got me to go to Gen Con. I would have never gone to Gen Con if it wasn't for Rich. So uh, you're you're batting a thousand, man. I know. He and hasn't it, invited me to one of the big ones yet, so oh, I haven't made it there. Dude, he really showed me some chops this year during Doctor Who, the role-playing game. I oh. was like... Mark, Mark channeling his inner geek. I was really impressed. I'll bring some of that up later when we chat about games, but uh, yeah, right. things went well. Okay. So Mark, how many people do you think come to Alcon? I mean, you've been there two years now. I kind of have a number in my head, but what do you think? Um, several hundred. Yeah. I would I would put it in the under thousand mark, and I yep. would say it's a great diverse group. I mean, we played Red Dragon in one time with uh, um, folks that were I, I think just just college kids. I mean, I think they were just starting out in college, and then there's Several really the old people like me, and and everybody got along, and they have other games with other old folks. So if you if you ever get a chance to stop in an Alcon, I, I think everyone's welcome. Is Alcon one of those like uh, regional local cons? You know, it's um, really most everybody there is from Texas or from the surrounding area. I'd say for the most part, yes. Yeah. Although we met, we did meet someone who was from uh, Texarkana, which is a pretty good hall yeah. down to Houston. 
Um, but for the most part, I'm sure it's probably, it's got to be 75%, you'd think, Houston area. Mm -hmm. And it's on Rice. Rice University is a beautiful campus. <sighs> um, so it's a cool place. It was really nice at night. So, we, you know, we had to walk between buildings Saturday night. It was really cool. Very safe. You feel very safe there too. Even even though you're in you know the middle of the city, that campus is just awesome. And and dude, was it their thirty seventh year this year? I think so. Wow. Yeah, around that. That's impressive. Been doing a long time there. Yeah. 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 Do, do we know if they've been at Rice this whole time, or, or have they moved around a little bit? Yeah. It's Alcon. the name is Alcon for the Rice Owls. Oh. All right, there you go. <laughs> so we're assuming that's where it's always been. <laughs> so I don't even As know school mascot. So Kubrickon <laughs> or whatever. What kind of games are typically at Alcon? Like you guys mentioned, board games. Is it all board games? Is it computer games, role playing games? Kind of what? What all is is available there? It's generally all tabletop, either uh, like D and D, other tabletop RPGs, or board games. Yeah, we didn't see. There, I haven't seen anything electronic there. There's yeah. nothing electronic that I know of. No. No computer games or anything. There's minis, right? So there's miniatures, right? I mean, that's oh, still yeah. tabletop, but um, so you get a little bit of a 3D component there. Yeah, the like Warhammer and the little armies and all that kind of stuff. People playing those games. Yeah, Starfleet and other things like that with minis and. Dude, they played Starfleet Battles the first time he came, and I was like, "Way to jump in on like one of the most classic, con <laughs> oriented." old school i mean is that a 70s game i mean you got did you get the yeah did you get the so. stuff when was that when was it originally done and did you get that as a gift matthew later yes uh he so the dude who was game master for that specific event had one like starter edition of the game that had like a small cardboard tiles instead of miniatures stuff like that and he gave it to me because i had said that i would like to you know have have some friends over and play that. Wow. And I have. I've, uh, a couple times I've had uh, a friend over to come bike me. That is really cool. I, like, that's one of the cool things I, I like about the, especially the local con scene, is a lot of times you'll get guys like that that'll say, hey, you're into this? Here, have one of my sets. I want you to enjoy this. And then we bought, and we bought Red Dragon Inn, and we took that on a family trip with us this year. We had some friends over for a New Year's get-together, and um, we had a bunch of college kids that were here. My daughter's in college as well, and they played Red Dragon Inn and loved it. One of them was like, uh, who's down at Corpus Christi A&M, he said, I got to buy this because the fact okay. that it was, you know, built around drinking and in a pub, he thought was awesome. That's awesome. I got a question. Number one, it was introduced, right? Let's go play Red Dragon Inn. And there were, and, and, and I'm imagining they're college kids and, you know, I know your daughter, so they're probably cool kids, you know what I mean? And they were probably like, what are you showing me? Did you get those eyes? Like, what is Red Dragon in? Were they? Did they know about it? Were they a little apprehensive, or what, did, uh, they, they, they did were, they already know? No, they didn't. They didn't know, and they were a little skeptical, apprehensive, especially when we talked about the idea of it's even more fun if you are kind of in the character and getting yeah. into it. That's where my daughter was like, "What? Yeah." What? <laughs> and then twenty minutes later, they want to play a second game. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i love when games go that way and that's usually the good sign of a good game is when you get done and you go hey i want to do that again and um, i've also learned never do it a second time if you're at a con just you know let it go and go to a new one because it never really goes as well the second time for some reason yeah the first time is like lightning in a bottle you can't just repeat that i'm gonna stay mm -hmm. away from that joke i'm just gonna stand over here away from that one yep there's a lot of options there <laughs> 
So what did we play this year, guys? Saturday morning, what was our first? Oh, yes, I remember what our first I... game was. Mark, do you remember what our first game was? I do. It was Scythe. Matthew remembers well. You just said it. Um, hey. Yeah, it was Scythe. And Scythe was fun, man. It was cool. But boy, oh boy, it had my head swimming the first 30 minutes as he was explaining. And there's a lot going on in that game. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Scythe was developed by a guy in my neighborhood. Uh, he's over in St. Louis is where that company is that invented Scythe. And we've been trying to play it uh, here every Friday night. Actually, after this recording, we're going to go and do a Twitch stream. And we've been trying to play Scythe. And guys, it ain't easy. So I'm really curious with an instructor, how was the game? It would have been a lot harder without him. You'd have been constantly <laughs> referring to the manual. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so that was really the deal, right? He shortcutted figuring out what what was going on, and and really, it it's like uh, any game. Once you went through three or four turns, then we became self sufficient, and then actually we had one guy who kind of wasn't catching on, and so the rest of us would be able to even tell him, "All right, do this." Or, you know, here's your here's your flow. Was that Rich? Um, was that Rich who you're helping out there? I I just said some guy I was trying to be generic. So I wasn't trying to call him out. I'm so mad at you, David. <laughs> I, I saw your post on Reddit. Don't act like you're not going to fire me. <laughs> so when we were playing online, we we maybe botched one or two rules. Mm. Um, I can't remember what they are now because um, I, I I was paying attention at the time of the game and went, oh, but I think we only botched like one or two rules. Um, I did play back. I did not go like right for the where the, the factory and I, I kind of was not using my it was a beginner's game. Mm. So I made sure not to use my couple of games um, knowledge to to stir the pot. But man, I still even after I waited a little and didn't go all out. I think Mark and Matthew and, and there was one other rando that you guys all tied for first place. Wow. I did not. No, we were like a point. We were a coin behind. So we, we were close. Yeah, we were a goal. A goal so point behind. Yeah. real quick, Matt, will you kind of describe what Scythe is so that the folks who've never seen it before kind of have a sense of what it is? So it's uh, tile based and uh, there's what, six or eight different people on the outside, but the whole goal of the game is resource management and it's all about your economy. And uh, as you go through the game, you earn money through doing different actions. <laughs> and then as soon as somebody has completed six major objectives, the game ends, and then whoever has the most money wins. It's not necessarily whoever finished all six first. So sometimes you don't want to get the six star like that gotcha but, so if, uh, if you're close to ending the game and you think i might not actually have enough money you kind of sandbag it a bit so you can earn some more cash kind of thing got it yeah i kind of think of it as settlers of Catan times 50 or something right <laughs> yeah. settlers of Catan's pretty simple like you just roll some dice and resources happen this one has some of those same concepts but you are doing so much more planning and there's so many so many more options um so I don't know if that's a very good description, but that's kind of how I thought of it. That's what struck me. It has a combat element to it too. Like there, there is an economy thing. You have to, yes. it's, you have to do the whole sword versus plowshares thing where you have to build up your economy and then eventually get like these big mechs and you're attacking mm -hmm. each other. And you know, if you win or lose is a really high stakes fight. 
I've never actually gotten to where we were doing combat. <laughs> like combat well is what I should say. Like we threw our mechs at each other and it was laughable. When you guys played, what was the combat like with four players uh, or with that, that bigger group? Uh, there were only a few battles. We had a full table, but um, and the game master had talked about this. How even though there is combat in the game, it's not common to have many battles. It's mainly an economy management game, and your mechs are mainly there to either use as deterrents to maybe protect some stuff that you'd moved out a little bit. And there's just generally not too much reason for combat unless you're trying to take the factory in the middle. Mm. Um, but. We did find out that you should do at least, you should win at least one battle. Yes. Because then you get a star, which then gets you bonus coins at the end. Mm -hmm. And most of us didn't get that. And we were like, oh, man, I could have used that. The extra Ooh, coins. But, Mark went I think I would have won one combat. Mark did a nice little strategy play at the end that really worked out well for you. Yes, I focused on um, my popularity. What do we call that? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was popularity. Yeah. And... Um, I got that high enough to where then I got into a different multiplier of my uh, bonuses, which then drove up my final money count and got me very, very close to winning. Really, if I'd have had one, if I'd have won one battle with that, then I probably would have won. Yeah, dude, I'm going for popularity next time. Yeah, my strategy through the game ended up being that I was trying to farm a specific resource because the more uh, resources that you had. For like every two resources or so, you got one coin. Um, and I got to the point where I could just keep pumping out oil and then do upgrades as well. Oh, so nice. I was always doing something and kept earning more money for it. And I was the banker, as it turned out. So I tried to slip myself a few coins, but got busted. So that didn't work. <laughs> and didn't you totally kept busting me whenever I tried to cheat? <laughs> <laughs> the 25 coin is much bigger than the one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty yeah, obvious when you're taking the uh, 25 coin. <laughs> and, and our guy that ran the game, you could tell he really he had a love for it. He had 3D printed stuff. Oh, he had yeah. um, all the expansions. We did not play with airships, but we had it was really cool the way he did the 3D printing. I guess his his set, yeah, his set was awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we um, right. on Fridays uh, we paid a license to be able to run a scythe game virtually. So that people can go to a website called uh, Tabletopia and we would host for them. So like up to, I think it was like six or seven people could all play. And we spent 10 bucks and you can have seven people playing this game. Um, and I think the highest we got was three or four players. So I'd love to see it with a full, with a full bench of players. It seems like one of those games that gets real complicated. The more players oh, yeah. you have at the table. Yeah, yeah for sure. And it did go quick. Once we got started, everything moved really fast. Okay, so is this a buy it or not buy it game for you guys? As you got done with that, is this like, oh, I'd add this to my shelf? I would absolutely get it if it weren't for the fact that we don't have any other dedicated players other than two of us. What he said. My, yeah. my wife and daughter would be like, uh, no way. As soon as we started explaining those rules, after five minutes, they'd be like, okay, forget this. Yes, they're right. scared of playing Risk. So. It, it's kind of a gamer's game. You gotta yeah. you gotta invest some some headspace. You gotta yep. like you gotta like fiddly rules and stuff like that. Really, I'm in the same boat too. I'd have to find a group that uh, we would fit that in every three months, and then it would be worth the purchase. Otherwise, um, I like the virtual idea. 
you know, you get people online, you I mean, you're, you're tossing the little tokens around. They had the same things, they had the same appearance. Um, great game altogether. So, what, what, great experience hanging out. We had a real fun time, even with the people we didn't know. And there were four of us that knew each other. So, there was a lot of good razzing going on. Um, yeah, I'll have to check out when y'all are doing that virtually one time. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, there's uh, an official. Uh, created by the developer for Tabletop Simulator. They have an official DLC where they license Scythe and then fully scripted it and then put it into the game. On every Friday night, we either do Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia. We at High Shelf, we licensed it in Tabletopia, which is a website. And so through that, we can do Scythe. But Tabletop Simulator, like what you're talking about, man, they have tons of options they have tons of games in the workshop and all that good stuff and and scythe is officially licensed there's a couple others that are officially licensed it's a really cool way to play because like all four of us have this problem right like i can't have scythe in my house because i'd have nobody to play oh. with oh time for a plug dear listener if you would like to play scythe please come to our facebook page highshelfgamingpodcast.com and um, ask to join. We're a closed group, but we love everybody. So jump in. And um, we always take a little vote about what to play. Just get in there and say, you heard the podcast. You want to play Scythe, blah, blah, blah. Help me get those podcast dollars. Logan Paul, here I come. <laughs> Game number two. What did we place? Now, now, what happened, David, is we ran into a little bit of scheduling issues. Oh. So we actually quit playing Alcon games. And we played games we brought. Real quick, does Alcon run a tight schedule? Like, Gen Con's schedule is super tight. Is Alcon's schedule real tight? What's that like? I don't know exactly what you mean by tight, but there's like an hour in between. And you can, I mean, you're packed if you're able to get it, if you want to schedule everything. But there's yeah. usually an hour between games. But, okay. Mm -hmm. And it's a four-hour or two-hour games usually. Got yeah. it, got it. So you could say, hey, I want to jump into this four-hour game. And at the end of that, there's going to be an hour-ish between things before you jump in the next two hour or four hour game kind of thing. Yep. And I think we ran into, we had four people we wanted to try and get in games. And because you can only sign up for two to begin with, and then you have to wait until everybody signed up for two and then they open it up for you to add more games because it's all in one day that we went, we only had two games. We had our morning game and our evening game. So instead of trying to split the party, we said, let's bring some games. Um. And so I brought along Exploding Kittens and Dilbert, and those were just quick, right? Those were just fun little card games, and uh, oh, how do the rules play? And um, damn, that rapper card, man. I, that, <laughs> I, that thing screwed me over so many times. But we, we played through Exploding Kittens and Dilbert like a couple times, um, and then we played Risk. Oh, I hate that game. Um, but I was not the first out. Booyah. Oh, so wait, wait. You guys did like old school risk. Old school risk is what you played, not the like oh, risk legacy or no. what? Good old, old school risk. It was nice. 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 And then we, we then we moved over to the other building and then we played a little over half a game of Catan, which I was smoking everybody. Oh. Oh, I had to leave early to set up for the last event, which they joined me as a game master. Huh. What happened in Catan after I left? Not what? much. We didn't have much time to finish before we had to clean up and then come join you. So okay. wait, I got to ask, though, was it straight Catan? Was it Settlers? Was it Cities and Knights? Was it which expansions was uh, it? The original, yeah, it's basic. It's even more basic than the original because it's the family edition. Oh, yeah. So, 
all the tiles are in like six pieces and then you just put them together as a puzzle. Oh, so you don't even like have a mixy matchy. It's just like, here's half the board. Here's yeah. the other half the board. Yeah. Have fun. Someone, someone's yeah. not happy with that decision. Somebody does seem to be suggesting it's lame, but yes, it, it was good for whenever we started, but we could upgrade now. Oh. It was good for when I was a child, father. But now I'm a yes. man, and I need yeah. to put away child things. You, you, I need to play man games. You need to get Cities and Knights. It's a whole nother level. Is but, it really? I've never played yeah. it. Oh yeah, because okay. I don't know. I don't know if we can even add expansions because of what we have. Because we can't like change the titles. But <laughs> no, 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 no. Just just get just get Settlers of Catan the base game without the family edition. Just the base game and Cities and Knights. Oh man, it's on a whole nother level. Cities and Knights. Cities and Knights is a whole nother level above what Catan is. Very nice. I need to try that one when I go to Gen Con. That sounds. But like we all agree the way we spent. Sorry, the way we spent that um, off time uh, worked really well. We we had a lot of fun. Played some different games. Hung out. Real casual. So we we thought it worked really well. And I had been playing Risk wrong all my life. What? Yeah, I know, dude. They they were like, if you turn these cards in, you get five, ten. Well, no, it was like seven, then you get ten, then you get twelve, and then you get fifteen. Two, four, six, ten, and then it started to go up. And, and then, then it, it gets crazy. Multiplying like 25, yeah. 30, 35, 40. Yeah. And Matthew totally sold me out, man. We had like a total alliance going. We were going to crush the guy who was holding Australia, his, his curly-headed friend. What was your curly-headed friend's name? Henry. One more time. Henry. Henry. Henry, the curly-headed friend. So he he immediately took Australia. Like you do. I immediately started a pact with Matthew. And I was like, <laughs> yo, dog, you go South America. I go North America. Let's not F with each other, right? So we do that. Mark goes apeshit. He is like, what are you doing letting him have all of North America? What are you doing letting him have all of South America? And then we all start moving in on Europe. So Mark is just like, he's a hodgepodge of players everywhere. And so I thought I have this alliance going with Matthew. I was like, bro, bro, it's like we're cousins, bro. And next thing you know, he turned me out with some massive die rolls. Oh, and just came up through North America. Like I didn't even, I didn't even hold Mexico. Yeah. It was like the Alamo. He just burned right up through the West Coast, cut me in half from Alaska, and then all. And then I'm getting beat up in ketchup by curly-headed boy, and it was just. You know. Yeah. You know, uh, tall fences make great neighbors. You gotta. Yeah. You, when you have those alliances, you still have to build up your little border. Just be like, nope. I'm just. I'm just putting some guys yeah. over there just to make sure. So, did you and Henry have like a pre-existing alliance that I got pulled oh, no, into this? No. No. Uh, that was just. It, it, that was just right generational. After I move to, right after I moved, wiped out of North America, he came through and destroyed Africa that I was controlling. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Went back and forth, wreaking havoc. Yeah. Meanwhile, I went and got a coffee, had a sandwich, watched a movie, you know. Did yeah. you get taken out early, Mark? Oh, yeah, we, we blew him. He, he was all, he, you know what? You cannot he was be the, the fourth, fourth person place. Yeah. You cannot be the fourth layer and expect to have an easy game. Yeah. Um, especially when two and three decide to make an alliance. Right. So one jumps in Australia, two and three are like, hey, I'm not going to F with you. And then four, and then we start running out of spots. So where do we go? Everyone goes to four. Yeah. 
Yeah. Next thing you know, India's getting yeah. full. Next thing you know, so wait, everybody's up in Europe. So you you guys did um, self choose where you lay your your guys. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, what, 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 what do you do? I know what he's talking about because that's another way, right? You pass out the cards yes. and you place where the cards come in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so everybody's spread out. Nobody has a lock on anything. Um, and I, I've had to go that way too because I used to play with these guys. These two dudes would always ally. It was the worst. <laughs> and they always split up North and South America. And it was like, oh my God, I hate them so much. So like I would like campaign to get the other players at the table to go after these two. And they're like, no, I want to go after you because you're weak. It's like, I'm weak because I don't have North America. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. We'll have to do that again and play with the random card placement. Well, yeah. I forgot about that. Especially with four, it'll be much fairer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Poor Mark. It was just <laughs> he was so fit, though, because he really likes Australia. Yeah. Yeah, he, he pulled That's his strategy. Game. Just hold the smallest continent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only got one way in, one way out. Yeah. And he almost did it. I mean, he was doing a really good job. I mean, you should have seen these die rolls, dude. It was getting, we were yelling so much that people were like, hey, bro, I know this is a con, but y'all need to keep it down. It's just risk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what was the what was the next ga- game you guys played? Mm, oh, well, then we did Catan, and again, Exploding yep. Kittens was in there, and Dilbert. So I mean, those were those were just great games. Hey, what is Dilbert? What what is that game? You told me Matthew it was something else. It played a lot like uh, a card game called Presidents, where you're basically just uh, playing until somebody plays a card that nobody else can beat, and then the thing clears. The person who won plays the next. Yeah. Whoever runs out of cards first is the president. Second person is vice president. Third person is whatever. Fourth person is loser. Oh, that's pretty cool. But then we came to the pinnacle of our evening. The peace, the peace, the peace de resistance. (laughs) It was, it was why Alcon was made. It was was for this one game. This one One game game for you. One, one game twice (laughs) on Friday evening. I ran it and Saturday evening. It was the uh, Doctor Who role-playing game, and I used the Game Master Compendium and just used their generic adventure out of it. Oh, nice. Um, And I tell you what, it was more creative than any D&D game I've ever played. Really? I, I, you know, I've played in a lot of the Doctor Who games. We've talked about that in the past. And this time I said, I'm going to start GMing. So I, I got the book, started reading put in the time you know cue montage where we have eye of the tiger right and i'm running between books and i got my pencil and i'm, <laughs> and I'm rolling dice and i'm doing all that work right so cue montage montage over um and so they signed up to be players so that was really nerve-wracking for me because you know i i got mark and you know his son and, and his son's friend curly-headed boy that was there and if, if it went poorly they would tease me so right. you know we had to go I, that goes I, I would tease you for Obviously. them yeah you would tease me for them so yeah. guys what did you think how to go what were your impressions of the doctor who role-playing game now i will ask Matthew first, then Mark. What are your role-playing game backgrounds? Oh, yeah. So um, I've never played through a full game of D&D, but I have done a couple starter sessions with some friends, but we never like find the time to keep going with them. I have that experience of, you know, 
just think outside the box and whatever the DND, whatever the DM says goes. Mm-hmm. So just ask them if you're curious about something, but I haven't played too much of it. But you played D&D. You didn't play Pathfinder or any of the other no. games. It was truly Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it was uh, 5e. Oh, look at him, 5e. Look at that. What's your impression of uh, uh, Doctor Who, just real quick? Uh, it was really cool. It, it was really uh, good for the, if you really like the story-based indie games because we didn't have any combat really uh it was just saving throws as we were running away from people they made they made combat trust me oh they okay combat happened they made it violent yes (laughs) (laughs) mark what's your what's your background with uh with role playing have you done much role playing before um i haven't i haven't played a lot of them over the years i'm relatively new yeah well you know now is like dnd's most popular era ever so it's almost not surprising (laughs) that even though D&D has been around a while, a lot of people just never played it. And now everybody has played at least once. It almost seems like. And you know what I noticed about Mark and this is in in Matthew, this is no problem to you or Henry, but what I, what I noticed on Mark when he played, I want to do an escape room with Mark. Number one, that is, I I came out of that session going, Mark and I need to do an escape room. We can put the rest of the effing company against us and we're going to nail that shit. Because he, the thing that he did different than I think, and this is, this is, this was your first role playing event, is he listened. And it's amazing. I went, wow, he's picking up on things I'm saying. He's getting the undertone. And he's picking up major points in the conversation, whereas because we've been playing D&D in these role-playing games so long, we sometimes hear what the DM says, and he goes right out the other ear. Oh, like um, yes. like like we're filtering for certain D&D keywords or something like right. that. And we dump what we think is bad info. And Mark, not knowing all the little keywords to hunt for, is like, I picked up on this thing. So what, what's an example of that, Rich? Oh, I'll ask Mark. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, probably the storage closet where you're explaining that there's a sink and there's chemicals and a few things and there's boxes. And so I'm kind of saying, okay. I heard you say there's chemicals, could just be chemicals in a storage closet, right? Cleaning supplies, whatever. Sure. But that seemed noteworthy. And I kind of wanted to explore that a little bit further, but the rest of our group didn't. So we didn't. Yeah. And then he picked up on upstairs with the shopkeeper. He he immediately goes, guys, I heard this in that soliloquy. You know, I, I'm sitting there giving you the, the fluff, basically. And you picked up on the major key point in there. No one else had seen it. Now, we had some Doctor Whoers that immediately picked up on some other things. We had some science boys. I'm, I'm looking at Matthew when I say that. That came up with some unique ideas on how to, you know, get rid of the problem. But, dude, Mark was all, I, I got to do an escape room with the guy. He was all about picking up on the, 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 little, the little keys. He was picking up on them. It was really crazy. I had a great time running it, um, and I even on Friday, I think the, the group had a good time. And I got to throw Mark in the center here. I'll, I'll tell you kind of the, the, the scoop of the end was there were these uh, Autonomons. So all the Doctor Who fans know about Autonomons, and they know about the uh, – oh, my gosh, I just forgot the – the nesting conscious. They all know about the nesting conscious. They all know about when mannequins come to life. These guys immediately started going, hey, can I use my sonic screwdriver to affect the rubber? So I roll. Yeah, you can. You kind of get it wibbly wobbly, you know, and, and kind of deal. 
So they now know that their sonic screwdriver can produce a tone that will you know infiltrate some of this rubber you know mechanism. Mark, how do you guys solve it when there's rubber <laughs> guys all around and there's just all this rubber stuff? How do how do you guys solve it? Um, well, yeah. So I think the uh, the idea came around. Hey, if we could mass produce that sound and hit all of them at once, beyond just the ability of the little sonic screwdriver, right? So there happened to be a phone, which happened to be connected to an overhead paging system. So we were able, due to the fact that Mark was playing the character who was an IT guy, who so he had the access to the intercom system. Yes. So I happened to know how to, what uh, were the correct dial streams to access the paging system. Wait, 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 so wait, wait, we wait, were, wait, 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 let's take, we a, let's take a, let's take a blast. quick pause. Let's take a quick pause. Mark, what industry do you work in? I happen to be a technical sales for phone and paging <laughs> systems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> luck would have it. I was so pissed off when they came up with this. I was like, you guys are ruining my adventure. You've got a, you've got a pro, pro phone guy who yeah. is like, oh, I can solve this problem with phone guy techniques. Oh, by the way, who happened, as, as Matthew just rightly pointed out, he picked the IT guy who was in charge of uh, IT and security for the college. So he picked the and right character to have that knowledge, and nice. he played the character. I was so pissed off. Nice. The reason that he picked that character, though, was because Rich happened to name the IT guy Mark. It was kind of leading me that direction. Mark, but Rich, you, you buried your own landmine. <laughs> you have no yes. one to blame but, but yourself. But Robert was there. Cassidy was there. Sheldon was there. I still, you know, I used all the names of my friends and family. <laughs> That's awesome. So wait, okay. So the solution was to like hack the phone system to rebroadcast the sonic yeah. screwdriver across the PA system. Yes. So then and we could incapacitate them long enough to uh, basically bum rush them and get their weapons. Yeah. They, they, they had figured out how to deal with the nesting conscious. They figured out how to deal with the amplifier. They had figured out like this. Dude, you guys, by the way, did it a completely different way than the other team. Um, they, yeah. they had made like, they made like these burrito Faraday cages to like get rid of this <laughs> transmitter receiver device. Again, people that are that Doctor Who idea. fans, that was, see, that was our science boy. He figured out, oh, let's make it like a Faraday burrito. Um, and then they tested it and they were doing like 10 minute experiments. It was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but the Doctor Who fans will get this, that they interrupted this, the transmission signal. And so they were able to go back to their bodies and go back to their regular consciousness. So they did a great job. So, um, but again, uh, go on. So Matt, are you, Matt and Mark, are you guys big Whovians? I know Rich is like a diehard Whovian. Are you guys big into the Doctor Who world? So I don't think he's seen any. I have seen a couple. Okay. But not me. Uh, and I've watched... From uh, the beginning of the new series until kind of near the end of David Tennant, but, okay. uh, not not much after that. So, no. so like you have you have like working knowledge of some of the like plot devices yeah. that are common in Doctor Who. Now we have. Yeah. I, I didn't really use much of that personally because we had two people who were like they have seen everything oh. ten times. Yeah, and so yeah. I, 
Yeah. So I wasn't much use there. <laughs> They're like, but anyway, the the lady who was playing Doctor Who was perfect for that role. Um, very committed to the ethics and the morality of Doctor Who, and based decisions on that in terms of violence, weapons, you know, nonviolence, um, that sort of thing. And then, you know, she's the one who said, hey, sonic screwdriver, what it could do, because I, you know, I didn't know anything about it. So yeah. we had the perfect Doctor Who in that group, for sure. Yeah. And dude, it was like a TV show. Doctor Who figured out the sonic screwdriver. The IT director was this way. The science guys were in his Faraday cage. And that is kind of the way you're supposed to build those characters. You're supposed to build them to where you don't just let anybody pick Doctor Who. You go, oh. you need to be a Whovian to play Doctor Who. Oh. But then these other characters, you don't need to know anything. Because how many times does a Doctor Who episode have people that don't know? Who are you? Well, right. Doctor, Doctor Who. Ah, ha, ha. There, you know, there's the joke, right? Right. Um, so that's the way I built the party list, and, and they showed up and played just like they should have. So did you have to do, like, kind of an interview? Like, oh, have you have you played or seen a lot of Doctor Who? And the person's like, yes, I've seen every episode 18 times. Like, okay, you're the Doctor. Hmm. What did I say? What did I say, Matt? Did I say anything about that, Matthew? I, don't I think you did a bit, but we could also kind of tell from who was there who had seen a lot of Doctor Who. You said you were going to go get some water and come back, and we should have decided by the time you returned. Yeah, that's it. Isn't that fun? Let them hang themselves. <laughs> I'm going to walk away um, from this table. The person who was you Doctor can... Who was not at all pushy about being Doctor Who, but it became pretty evident that that person would be the most appropriate Doctor Who. So, yeah. And everybody there was nice. Nobody, nobody wanted to be... Uh, the boss. We had one guy who was kind of a little goofy, but um, everybody was cool. <laughs> Welcome to role playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always there's always a couple, a couple of goofballs or, or people. That one guy. Remember that old guy who um, Sheldon or who played Sheldon? Yeah, he, he he didn't necessarily like group consensus. He didn't necessarily like that uh, process. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> he was like, well, I'm going to do this. And he was like, wait, 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 wait. Should we work together? Right. Now? Kind of fits character, but it, true, true. Maybe he was just being a character. We'll give him that. Yeah, we'll give him. I don't think so, but we'll give him that. Yeah. Mark's like, eh, I call BS. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just an ornery old guy, but whatever. <laughs> now this was a D six system, so um, Matthew has played before with um, a D twenty, D twelve, D eight, D six, D four. So it uses all the polyhedral dice. Did I mm -hmm. say that right? Yo, yeah. Yes. And um, Mark, you know, that it was kind of new to the, the system, but, it, you know, you just roll D6s and add them together. Um, do you do you, I almost wonder what are your thoughts on the D6 system? What were your thoughts on the rolling? Um, how do you feel that those events came about as you rolled and what the results were? Uh, can, can I ask this in a slightly different way? Yeah. Is rolling the dice fun? And is it pretty clear as you're doing it that you're winning or losing with those rolls? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's generally pretty clear, especially since uh, Rich explained, uh, like, it, it, whenever we ask if we're going to do something, he'll say, like, just in words, how difficult it'll be. So he'll be like, oh, that's going to be super difficult. And he explained uh, before we had started, he was going to be like, so a super difficult roll might be over 20. Oh, so okay. you might want to add in more dice by spending tokens uh, or story points that you get for uh, playing the game. Um, so I, that helped with Rich's clarification. Every time we were going to make a risky roll, he was like, this is going to be very difficult. So you might want to add in dice. You might want to have a partner, uh, 
spend a story point to add in another dice, stuff mm. like that. And by I'd the- say I like the dice. It was fun. We understood our roles. I would say we might, perhaps we got too many story points because we didn't lose very many because we were always able to just pony up. Yeah. I felt it was a little heavy on points and I even halved what it was supposed to be. And I feel like I should have made it a little, I wanted it to be a little bit more scarce. And that's why I halved what they said. Yeah, we never, we were never able to just say, yeah, just use two story points, story points for everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, we were. Yeah. Now the game is supposed to be fun. So maybe that's why they make it a little heavy that way, but they missed one role that was pretty important. And then one, one of the one of the group members remembered. Oh, I can spend a story point to move up a level. Oh, so they basically were trying to hit a very difficult, and they only made difficult. And so one of them remembered. Oh, I can do that now. I don't remind them. I, you know, I'll let them lose. And they they bounced up and made it. So they did a good job remembering their their rules and their ideas. But it does sound like there was a little bit of fun on the D six movement. So that's something that like you, so. yeah. You, that's really nice. You could dial up the difficulty just by giving out fewer story points. That's kind of an easy, yeah. easy way to dial up and down the difficulty for your game. Yeah. I agree with Rich, though. For my first game, and it was a beginner one, put them out there. You know, let us let us go through it and win and feel good about it and have fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a four-hour adventure. It's about having a good time. That's really what yeah. it's about. Now, our our last event for the evening had to be the most spectacular. Matthew, where did we wrap the evening up at 1.30 in the morning? Oh, my God. That's... We went to House of Pies, which is a place downtown where we went and had a nice breakfast at uh, basically just a, a diner that's been going for forever, 24-hour service. Yeah. Like an original IHOP back in the day, but with some how more choices. It? How old is it, Mark? Do you, do you have at least yeah? yeah, probably 50, 60 years. Wow. I mean, the, the decor looked like it was from the 60s. I mean, they it hasn't changed not, much. No, it, it is an institution. It's the Houston institution, and at Thanksgiving and Christmas, big pie days, they show them on TV. They have the line down the street. Wow. <laughs> yeah, their pies are to die for. I actually didn't have breakfast. I had two pies, and I brought <laughs> one home to uh, my little lady Cassidy. So I brought her home a chocolate, and um, I ate one key lime there. And I had another one to go for the next day. And then they're really great people. Like she said, the slices were small. So she slapped two in there because she was like, well, they cut them a little small. So I give you two. So a big old waffle that was fabulous. And there's all kinds of people. It is a hodgepodge of people at one o'clock in the morning on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People watching is top 10. Yes, it's all kinds of people. I'm telling you, it was as a cross section of uh, our population as it could be. And, th- and that's kind of cool. becoming our Saturday tradition is when we wrap up, we go to House of Highs. And so it's now been two years and we'll make it three years next year. I offered up a 24 seven Mexican restaurant, Spanish flowers, it's really good. But Matthew was like, no, no, I want House of Highs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll we'll do it again next year. Maybe I'll go to some more with Rich if he you know invites me if I make it high enough up in that social ladder. But yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta say, getting to Gen Con is tough. Uh, they they run out of tickets every year. It's tough to get housing. So it's one of those things that like you gotta want it. <laughs> you gotta really want it to go to Gen Con. Uh, there's tons of other conventions that are way easier to get you to. You know, I got uh, now. I haven't heard back on that third ticket I bought for BGG Con. So. Oh. If I don't hear back, that means I'm going to have an extra BGG Con ticket. So maybe uh, I'll give Mark a shout. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that. What is BGG Con? 
It is a Dallas convention that is off the chain on games. You it like is walk good. into a room that has over over a thousand games. And you just pick the one you want to go play and you sit down and play with people or people join you. Um, me and my friend Ryan are going this year and I got a third that maybe is going to go. But if he doesn't, I'm calling you. All right. You can so no, up I can join all... too. You don't have to invite in. <laughs> That's right. Matthew, come up. We all stay at my place. We go back and forth. It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, BGG is a board game geek, which is the like the website of four board games. Yeah. If you want to find out what's I going on. I visited with... it. Rich, Rich pointed me to it. Yep. Yep. So they do two cons a year and two cruises a year. Board game on the sea. Yeah. So you bring the family yeah. and everyone has stuff to do and you do excursions. And when you're on the boat, it's game time. Yeah. So very interesting. Any other things to kind of bring up about Alcon or, or your time in Houston? I don't think so. No. no, we liked it. We'll go again. It's great. We'll keep going. Guys, having you on was a lot of fun. Feel free to join us on Fridays. Uh, we play lots of random games, and then we want to come back on the show and talk about them. So if there's any games you like to play regularly, let us know. We'll definitely do an episode on it. We've never actually done one on Catan. We could totally do this <gasps> on Catan. Catan. Yeah. What is our Twitch stream, Dave? What's our Twitch stream? Twitch slash High Shelf Gaming. Boom. Brought to you by Tito's tonight. But anyways. Tito's? You're going to be drinking a lot of Tito's. <laughs> is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I like your thinking. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, guys, again, thanks a ton for, for being here and talk, talking to us about Alcon and uh, Doctor Who role-playing game and all that good stuff. Uh, thanks for having us. I enjoyed it. Have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you have feedback for us, please find us on Twitter, again, at High Shelf Gaming, or on our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. Of course, we're on iTunes and Stitcher as well, so feel free to leave us some feedback or a review there.